And I want us to look in Isaiah chapter 6 tonight, and uh, we're just going to read the first four, vo- four verses. And, uh, and then, uh, well, now we need to get on down there a little bit to get to the thought. And then we'll go back. To, we're just going to preach tonight from the first four verses if we get through that. May not even get through the first verse, and that'd be all right. Um, but Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And for all these Bible correctors that are so smart, they're so intelligent, they can't figure out what that means. It means two. So, I mean, I know that's real deep and all, so... You know, I'd hate for somebody to have to actually use their brain when they read the Bible. But anyway, and one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And it is full of his glory. We see it every day when the sun comes up in the east. We see it every day when we look on the face of these little children and you husbands, when you wake up and you're, Wife tells you she loves you. You get you, that's, We see God's glory in all the earth. And it says in verse number 4, And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts. And then flew one of the seraphims unto me, saying, having a live coal in his hand, which he had (coughs) taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And here's the thought tonight. And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. Father, I pray tonight you'd help us. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit and his comforting power in our hearts. I thank you, Lord, that you did not leave us comfortless. God, you gave us a comforter. And Lord, I pray tonight that as I preach, the Spirit of God, Lord, would speak to each and every heart. Lord, we're living in perilous times. And tonight, those that have come to church here tonight, I know without a shadow of a doubt, Lord, they're coming because they need help from you. Lord, we're not looking to the White House. Lord, we're not looking to the government. We're not looking to the universities. We're not looking to the health care system tonight. But we're looking to you, Lord, and we need you tonight. Lord, I need you. My family needs you. Lord, our church needs you. Our nation needs you tonight. And I pray, God, that you would manifest yourself tonight in the preaching of the Word of God. And I pray the Spirit of God would be just as real in this room, Lord, tonight as it was that day when Isaiah saw you high and lifted up in all of your holiness and all of your majesty. I pray you give us what we stand in need of. Lord, I pray if there's one lost tonight, they'd be saved before it's everlasting too late. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. For the last several weeks, months, we've been preaching on that 
that phrase, I will go, we will go, let us go. And the Lord really <coughs> burdened my heart to preach uh, for the next few weeks out of Isaiah chapter 6. From verse number 8, here's the thought that we're going to preach from or about. Who will go for us? Who will go for us? Tonight, God is looking for some people who will go. Isaiah was in a hard time. 52 years, King Uzziah was king, and he was a good king. Now, don't make a mistake about it. He made some mistakes. But I want to ask you something. If you were king of Israel for 52 years and everything you did was written in the Bible, do you think people will remember some mistakes about you as well? We know Uzziah made some, and, he, and, 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 and honestly, he crossed some lines that he shouldn't have crossed. He tried to be a priest when God called him to be a king. He tried to do the work of a priest, and he ended up, God cursed him with leprosy because of it, and he died because he crossed that line in trying to dabble. He didn't have no business doing the work of a priest. They, what I'm trying to say is he was a good man. He made a mistake, but he was a good king. 52 years. Under his, uh, under his rule, the nation saw revival. Under the preaching of Zechariah, that was the primary uh, influence in his life. And of course, Isaiah later on uh, in his life. He, Isaiah was Uzziah's uh, spokesman or his preacher, if you would. And uh, Isaiah had enjoyed some easy times over in, the, in, the, in the last few years. It had been real easy. I mean, it's not hard to preach when the king's, you're, you're the king's favorite preacher. Amen. I mean, what's anybody going to do? What are they going to say? Throw him in jail if you don't like it. You know what I mean? Cut his head off. Stone him. Drag him behind the horses. Don't tie, you know, what, when, the king's, you're, when you're the king, I mean, Isaiah was Uzziah's favorite preacher, but now he was dead. He was dead. And the whole nation of Israel was in turmoil. They were wondering who was going to be the next king. And what was going to come to pass. And all this was weighing on Isaiah's mind. And uh, he was troubled and no doubt in his heart. But in the midst of his trouble and in the midst of this chaotic time, God allowed him to see him for who he was. And, and Isaiah had a meeting with God. And tonight what we need in these troubled times again is a meeting with God. We need a meeting with God. Have you ever met the Lord? Have you ever met the Lord? If you're saved, you have. Amen. And I want to say this. That's not the only time I've met with the Lord. Amen. He's met with me. And we read in the Bible, even back to the beginning, Adam and Eve, God made man so he could meet with man, so he could fellowship with man. And, and what we need tonight desperately in our, in our lives here, right here, I'm not talking about Baltimore, New York City. I'm not talking about San Francisco. I'm talking about right here in this church is a meeting with the Lord. Isaiah had a meeting with the Lord. And in this meeting, he had a conversation with the Lord. And, he, and God said, who will go for us? Who will go for us? And tonight, listen, you and I, should be the first ones to raise our hand and say, I'll go, I'll go. You see, God needs us. He wants us in this world for a reason. 
He sends us to our jobs and our homes and our community to be salt, to be light, to be ambassadors, to be a witness, to be a testimony. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ is not to be bottled up and, and closed up, but it's to be spread out and doing the work of the Lord. In the Old Testament, it was about the people of God gathering. In the New Testament, it's about the people of God going. And here God said, Isaiah, who will go for us? Who will go for us? I could spend some time if I chose on who won't go for God. We know there's a lot tonight who will not go for him. I mean, our government's not going for him. Uh, the world's not going for him. They're going against him. And I saw today they're wanting to tear down statues now that have Jesus. They're saying that, that if you say that everybody needs to be saved and trust Jesus, that's racist. Now, I don't understand how that could possibly be. I don't know. But again, read the book of Jude and the book of uh, 2 Peter. That's called reprobate mind. That's what that is. No, they don't. But anyhow, but tonight, I, I, I'm going to stay off that. But who will go? Who will go? And we're going to look here in, in, in Isaiah chapter 6 and uh, in, in, in the next few weeks we're going to see the type of people or the type of person who will go. The first thing is this. Look at verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a the throne. Then look at verse number 5. <coughs> the last part, he says, Mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And Brother David, you've been in the ministry much longer than I, and you've seen it, and, and I've seen it in my life. There's some people who just won't do anything for the Lord. They just won't. But the ones that do and the ones that will are people, and I believe these. The, what we're going to talk about here is true not only in Isaiah's day, but it's true in our day. But the first thing is this, we know who will go for us? Those who have a clear look, a clear look. He said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. Verse 5, he said, mine eyes have seen the king. Men and women and boys and girls who are world changers for the Lord Jesus Christ are those that have a clear vision of God, who he is, and what he wants from their life. Tonight, our vision has been muddied by the philosophies and the teachings of the world. The church has been invaded by worldliness and ungodliness. And the men of God in days gone by warned us what was going to happen. I can remember sitting in churches and listening to men of God, old men of God, preach hard. And people would get mad and criticize them and call them legalists and all these things. And they was telling us back then what was going to happen right now. And they was telling us then what was going to become now. They're dead and gone. But what they said is true tonight. And, the, and, and listen, the problem is we've lost a clear look of who God is. Listen, the God of the world is not the God of the Bible. This God that just sits and twiddles his thumbs and listen and just lets people do as they please and go as they will and say what they would and be what they want and do as they... Listen, that's not the God of the Bible. Isaiah had a clear look. And tonight we need to have a clear look. I want to ask you tonight, how is your vision of God? How is your vision of God? Is God simply someone that pays your bills? feeds you, clothes you, 
helps you get better when you're sick. Is that who your God is? Then you ain't got much of a God. You ain't got much of a God. My God is not just some man in, the, in heaven that just helps me when I need him, but he is a God that sits on the throne of heaven. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I really believe tonight that what's caused such apostasy in our nation is because peop, the people of God, they lost sight of who God is. They, they lost sight of how holy and how, how powerful he is and how just he is. And, and listen tonight, Isaiah said, my eyes have seen the king. At the Lord of hosts. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. You know, Isaiah remembered the day. He remembered the time. He said it was the year King Uzziah died. It's almost like he's saying, I'll never forget it. He's, it's almost like he's saying, I can take you to the place. I can show you when and where the Lord showed up in my life. And listen tonight, I hope if you're here and you're not saved, that tonight will be the night that you see the Lord high and lifted up and realize that he's the only hope for your soul Amen. we've been preaching a cheap gospel that, that portrays a cheap salvation you understand salvation's free but it ain't cheap it costs Jesus everything and tonight we need to have our eyes clean I, I know I mentioned it Sunday but, but our vision of God is, is the determining factor, our determining factor of our worldview and everything we do in our life is, is who we see God as. You see, our philosophy comes from our theology. Now, theology is a word people made fun of, but it's a good word. It's the doctrine of God. What you think of God and who God is to you tonight determines how you view this world. And Isaiah said, I was troubled, but I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Listen, I don't know about you, but I can, there's been times in my life where I could see who God was so clearly. It had such an effect on me. It had such an effect on my heart and my life. I mean, there's been moments in my life, and I'm not talking about a vision as in, start, you, I hope you all understand what I'm saying. I hope you understand what I'm trying to preach tonight. That, that listen, we all have a vision of God. Everybody here has got a vision of God. And many people have a vision of who, God, who they want God to be. But it's not who God actually is. It's a self-made God. It's a God that will tolerate sin in their life. It's a God that will look over laziness and compromise and, 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 and error. But listen tonight, we need to have a new vision of who God is. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ has lost her vision of Jesus Christ and who he is. John the Revelator saw him and he said that his hair was white and his feet were as brass and his eyes were like a flaming fire. He wasn't some little Jesus walking around patting everybody on the back, but he was high, holy, and lifted up. We need a clear look. As I was saying this in my life, I can take you to places in my life where God changed my life. And in those moments in my life, those crossroads of my life, and now as I look back, I realize that if I hadn't have made that decision, if I hadn't have saw him in that moment, it would have ruined the rest of my life. But in those moments, Dave, Brother David, in those moments when we see the Lord high and lifted up, that's when he does an eternal work in our hearts. Isaiah never got over seeing the Lord high and lifted up. He never forgot it. He never got past it. 
And oh, I don't want to get past it either. And I'll tell you what, I need it again. I want to see him again and again and again and again and again. Oh, listen, I can remember as a 17-year-old boy in a, under a gospel tent and the Holy Ghost said, you're going to preach. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I, me and Brother Mark Stroud got out behind that tent, laid down in the grass, and I, I didn't say anything. I just cried. I couldn't say anything. I was scared. I didn't want to preach. The reason was because I didn't know how to preach. And I never liked trying to do something I didn't know how to do because I thought I was going to fail. I didn't want to fail. But in that moment, God revealed himself to me and said, I'll help you. I'll show you. I'll take you. I'll supply for you. And listen, I've never been the same. I can take you within three feet of that place where I saw him. I can take you to a place in Powell, Tennessee, on the Mount Moriah where they have camp up there on top of a hill where the Lord met with me day after day after day after day in the front seat of a two-wheel drive, regular cab, Toyota Tacoma with my Bible in my lap. And when I, Brother Dave, when I go to class, I couldn't even see out the windshield. It'd be so, the windshield be fogged up. I'd have snot run up because God met with me day after day after day. But I'm saying I need it more now than I did then. This nation needs people, men and women who know God, who meet with God, who can tell others about God, who can, who can be witnesses for Him. But the only way, listen, the only ones that can go before we go, we better have a clear look. There's many places, listen to me, and there's many people who would be better off if they had never come in contact with the people they have that claim to be Christians. There's towns that would be better off to never have had a church than to have the one that they got. Because that church has given them a Jesus that's not true. But they've given them a, a God that's false. And listen to me, I'm saying tonight we need a clear look, a clear look. The old song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Do you remember when you were on your way to hell? Can you remember when you were dead in your trespasses and sins? Can you remember when the judgment of God beat against your soul and you knew you were going to hell and you trembled in your soul? Uh, what did you do? i tell you what I did. I looked unto Jesus, amen, and he saved my soul. And tonight we need to have a clear look. Isaiah saw the Lord. In verse number 1, <coughs> He saw the Lord's position. He said, I saw the Lord sitting, sitting upon a throne. And I know Sunday night, I mentioned this about being seated. That word seated or sitting there, it speaks of the majesty and the control and the peace of God. Sitting. Isaiah said, when I looked, now listen, the whole nation of Israel is walking around like this. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uzziah died. 52 years he was the king of it. 52 years. That's a long time 
Long as I've been on this side of the heaven, on, on this side of the earth, you understand, 52 years. That's a real long time. I mean, it's, you, 52 is real, real, real long time, Brother Mark. Long time. But anyhow, 52 years he had been the king. And, uh, 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 50, and Isaiah was wringing his hands. The nation was saying, what are we going to do, Isaiah? And then he was thinking, I don't know what we're going to do. And he's wringing his hands and Israel's wringing their hands and the enemies of God are circling around thinking, hey, we, this is a good time for us to try to take over. Their king's dead. They're all in a turmoil. And don't you know right now the heathen in the world are licking their chops trying to think about what they might could do to America right now? I, I want to be politically correct. No, I don't. I want to be biblically correct. And I don't want to be hateful and mean, but you know them communists in China right now that give us this flu and this virus are very happy what's going on, and, they, they, and they're looking for a way to gain advantage. They're, they're looking for it. Yeah. And the same thing was going on in Israel. People were saying, uh, them, the Egyptians and all them surrounding people were thinking the king's dead. Now's our chance. And all the people of God were scared. They were wringing their hands. But high up in heaven, Isaiah saw the Lord. And oh, in heaven, God wasn't wringing his hands. God wasn't walking around wondering what was going to do. God knew what he was going to do before he done it. And listen, and God, was, he said, I saw the Lord seated upon the throne. I saw the Lord, listen there, in all of his majesty and glory, sitting upon a throne. <laughs> My wife has a hard time being still. She's always doing something. I mean, and I'm glad she is because if she didn't do it, probably wouldn't get done, just being honest with you, around the house. I mean, it don't bother me about vacuuming and all that stuff. It don't bother me at all. You know what I'm saying? It don't bother me enough, I should say, to, to get out the vacuum cleaner. It sure don't bother Drew. But anyhow, Drew said he don't need his clothes washed. He'd wear the same ones every day. Just hang them up, air them out, and put them on the next day. And sometimes I'll say, honey, just sit down. Just sit down. Just sit down. And, oh, listen, tonight God's not running back and forth in heaven trying to figure out what's going to happen in the United States. He's not trying. God's not running back and forth trying to figure Listen tonight, the flags in heaven are not at half mast. Did you know that? God's not having a nervous breakdown. He doesn't need to see a psychologist or a doctor. He doesn't need Pepto-Bismol or medication. God is on the throne tonight. God is seated on the throne. And Uzziah was laying in the grave dead. But God was still sitting on the throne. And listen, the God that was on the throne then is still on the throne tonight. And the God that took care of Isaiah, he's going to take care of me and you and we need to see him again and realize God's in a perfect position he's in a perfect position amen oh I thank God that the God I serve is alive and well Uzziah's dead but God's alive amen Uzziah's laying in the grave God's Isaiah saw the Lord sit upon the throne when Isaiah looked to the throne of Israel, it was empty. But when we looked to heaven, he saw the throne of heaven was full. Amen. And tonight, the throne of heaven has never been vacated and never will. Amen. God is on the throne. God has been on the throne. And God always will be on the throne. Amen. The old devil thought he was going to exalt himself one time and take over, but he, thought, he found out he was wrong. Amen. And God took him and one third of them angels in heaven and, and cast them out of heaven. Amen. 
Why? Because that's God's throne. Amen. It belongs to him. It's his throne. And tonight he's seated on the throne. And it helps me to know that even though my heart may be troubled down here, and when I see what's going on and all this, I mean, it's just chaos and turmoil in our world like a raging sea is what it is. I mean, it seems like it's just one wave after another of conflict and chaos. But tonight, I'm glad God is sitting on the throne. He saw the Lord's position. But he said, not only was he sitting, but he was sitting upon the throne. He saw the Lord's power, the power of the Lord. You see, that throne speaks of authority. Authority. We know the Bible teaches us about the throne. There's a great white throne in the book of Revelations. We've heard and read about the judgment seat of Christ. And by the way, there's no such thing. Help, I want everybody to listen and follow what I'm about to say and never forget it. There's no such thing as a general resurrection and a general judgment. Just, you don't even know what, don't type, you don't even have to know what that means. Just, just, just hey, like Brother Willard told me, Bro, we were, I was playing basketball about three weeks after I got called to preach up at the gym at the church, Harmony Street. Don't nobody get offended by this, but I'm going to tell you what he told me. I had on a pair of uh, basketball shorts and a cutoff shirt. I was up there playing basketball. He walked up to me and said, hey, boy, we ain't going to take them little boy britches off and put you some man pants on. Amen. I said, bro, well, God ain't convicted me about that. He said, you borrow my convictions until God gives you some of your own. Amen. You know what I've done? That's the last time you see me in them. Oh, he's a No, he is telling me right. Because, well, I made some of you mad because you like But anyway, look, if you want to wear them things, that's your business. You ain't got to wear about me less than your leg. I promise you that. I'm telling you what, veins popping out and, 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 and anyway, ingrown hairs and all that. But anyway. Amen. I don't know how I got on that, but. The Lord's seated on throne. His, his power. His power. Oh, the judgment seat. I don't know how I got on that. Man, I wish I knew how I got there. I need to go back and pull up Google and see the path I took to get there. But general resident. Oh, oh, hey. Brother Jared, six years, you finally helped me. You finally helped me while I was preaching. Thank you, Miss Christie. We all know where it comes. We all know where it comes from. Follow me. Please follow me. There's a judgment seat of Christ. That's for the saints. There's a great white throne of judgment. That's for the sinners. You say, why? Because these post-trib, and I hope some of them listen to me. You know who you are. These post-tribbers, these amillennialists, these post-millennialists, they teach a general resurrection and a general, and a general, a general resurrection and a general judgment, and it's false doctrine. Amen. You mix them up, and it'll... it'll It'll mess up all of your prophecy. But, Brother David, my job as a preacher is to try to prevent people from the great white throne of judgment, but then it's to prepare people for the judgment seat of Christ. But no matter which judgment you're talking about, we know who the judge is, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, it's a, and when he saw the throne, what I'm saying is that throne speaks of power. Tonight, if there's ever been a time, we need to all realize that God has all power 
It's right now. Any power that anybody has in this world was given them from God. And he can take it away whenever he sees fit. That old evil king, I can't remember his name. Somebody might help me here over there in the book of Daniel. What was Belshazzar? Was that him? Was that the one that turned into a, it looked like an eagle on his fingernails? He got full of pride and he turned in, and God turned into a wild beast. Had hair, feathers growing. He said, it didn't happen. Well, I believe the Bible said it happened. It happened. And, and God showed him who had the power. Well, he was having a big drunken feast one night. And they was partying and reveling and, 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 and having a big time. Them, them wicked heathens were. And all of a sudden there was a hand writing on the wall. And said, Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. And that night that man died and met God. You see, there's a problem tonight. These politicians think they got power. They ain't got no power. Their power is delegated power. And I'm glad one day God's going to give them, give them all a pink slip. They're all going to go, they're going to be fired permanently. Amen. I'm glad one day there won't be a Congress or a representatives or I don't even, I, I, I didn't pay attention in civil government, civil whatever that is, civics and government. I really don't, I mean, I, I probably should have, but anyhow, but <laughs> anyhow, there's coming a day where there won't be any, listen, there won't be a, there won't be a house, there won't be a Senate, there won't be legislation, there won't be any, there won't be any passing of new laws because God's word will be the law of the world and there'll be one in charge and that's Jesus and him alone and right now right now these men and they, they, they're, they're in power because God's allowed them to be in power and they think listen to me they think they're getting an advantage on God by all this this evil there was a horse flying here a minute ago, and I'm scared to death he's going to bite me. Did anybody kill that horse fly? Oh, my goodness. Oh, don't show it to me, Chris. Please don't. Um, see, I, oh, it's getting time to quit. I was talking about something. Delicate power. Delicate power. Oh, I got it. Thank you, Leela. Um, they think by all this this legislation, this, all this God, anti-God, that they're accomplishing their purpose. Now, Father, don't, don't get hung up on this. My Bible says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Joseph's brethren come to him and said, you're going to kill us. You're going to kill us. And, he, and Joseph said, I'm not going to kill you. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You know what these people are doing? They're just bringing in the, they're just, they're just, you know what they're doing? They're just, they're just welcoming in the tribulation. <laughs> they're opening the door to the judgment of God. And the time of Jacob's trouble is soon going to come. You better believe we're near day, that 70, we're, we're getting near Daniel's that, that last week. We are very close. It's Saturday night, and on Sunday is a new day. And I'm telling you, we're late. We're very late in this day of grace. But we need to know that he's got all power tonight. He said he wasn't just seated. He wasn't sitting on a long chair. He wasn't sitting on a porch swing, but on a throne. And out from that throne go the decrees of God. Amen. The purposes of God are come forth from that throne. That's the very throne that he says where God said, Let there be light. And there was life. 
That's the very throne where, listen, God made heaven and earth. And it's from that throne where he's going to look at the, the angel and say, go get my children. Amen. Amen. It's that throne where all power comes from. It's at that throne where we're going to stand one day and say, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Amen. It's there. Power. Do you ever feel powerless? What can I do? What can we do? I'll tell you what we can do. We can get a clear look. Power of God. Psalms 24, 8. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. We've seen the weakening of our nation. The weakening of our nation. We've been, our, our, our country has been, been, been made weak. And that's what the world, that's what the enemy wants. But brother David, God's not weak. He's strong and mighty, mighty in battle. And like the kids sing, our God always wins. He always wins. Listen, Jesus said, all power is given unto me. Is that what he said? Matthew, I believe it's 27, he says, all power is given to me. So all the power that was in that throne was in Jesus. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, and ye shall receive power. They think the church is weak, but the church is strong. We've got the power of God on our side. 